Hello, people. This is Michael Lobo, Just Because the Human Experience Podcast, episode 149. We rank our top 10 movies of the year 2021. This was recorded December 12th. My guests were Serena, my brother Jeremiah, and my brother Gwen. Uh, this was recorded before, so you'll hear us referring to them as Tristan. Curious to know what movies you all like this year. We also share what movies we were disappointed by, what movies we were surprised by, uh, what movies we just didn't get. Hope you're all being... I'm so tired. The baby kept us up until 5 in the morning this morning. And then we got um, four hours of sleep before the four-year-old jumped in the bed. So that's pretty cool. Have a happy new year. Happy holidays with whatever you're doing. Or if you're, you don't do holidays, hope you're being safe. Enjoy. Are you ready to record? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. We're talking about movies from this year. Do you remember some of the movies we saw? What? We saw Luca. Did you like Luca? I don't like Luca. You didn't like Luca? Why didn't you like Luca? I didn't like the part when they were at the big sunfish. And Ebola fell, and um, Luca fell. Oh, wow. That part. Okay. Uh, what about Raya? We saw Raya this year. What did you think of Raya and the Last Dragon? I only like the part with not the drone. The parts without the drones? Yeah. Oh, okay. We saw Vivo. Yes, that one. What did you think about Vivo? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? What did you like about it? I like the snake. You like the snake? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. And then, um, Encanto. Did you like Encanto? Yeah. What did you think about it? Um, good, yeah. Good, yeah. What did you like? Um, I like the part. I like the part. One. I like the part when the house breaks. And when... The roses, um, good, um, by and when Louis says, <laughs> Oh, when Louisa cries. Yeah. Yeah. You saw Eternals. You want to talk about Eternals? No. No. No, because I don't want to, to have a scary dream. Oh, do you have scary dreams when you talk about it? Yeah. I think we have a... I think we have to take a break of scary things. Okay, take a break from scary things. Well, then I don't know if we should go see Spider-Man No Way Home. Why? I don't know. There's some villains in that movie. Yeah, I like that one. Oh, you like those kind of villains? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, and we saw In the Heights. Mm. What? <laughs> you just grunt? What did you think about In the Heights? I didn't like the movies. I like, uh, I, I, I like, I like Encanto better. You like Encanto better. You know, you could like two things. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say anything else before we go? No. Okay. You want to say bye? No, don't. What is that? No, it covers the mic. What's happening? <laughs> Let's go brush your teeth. No, oh. Get off. <laughs> no. What the? <laughs>
everyone's ears are exploding. <laughs> Right as I hit start the meeting, the baby wakes up, starts <laughs> shitting. So, Serena. The baby is just peeing and shitting everywhere. <laughs> and shitting. <laughs> Prophetic Jeremiah, this is Tristan Sphinx. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, I'm living. Oh my God, last night was a thing. <laughs> I was, uh, I guess, uh, I didn't know this, but I was training like five people last night. And no one told me anything. So, uh, yeah. And then I got out of work at like 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was texting you at 2 a.m. Because uh, I was awake with the baby. Uh, Good Lord. Yay. Yeah, so when, when you were replying, I was like, oh, thank goodness. You're just like, oh, thank please. Lord. Please. I need, I need a fourth. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing prophetic, Jeremiah? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> the baby's alive. <laughs> oh, how are you doing? Oh, and there's the baby of the hour. Yes, we're not drunk enough. Hi, right? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, I mean, this this You're not sober enough for this. Oh, my oh. You lifted up the baby and immediately they were just like, get the camera away from me. <laughs> I feel fear. I'm not ready. Serena, I'm going to need you to scoot your left. Huh? <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so if you see Serena fly off or if you see a titty, um, <laughs> it's for the baby. <laughs> if you see my titties, that's a bad idea. Let's get off this. That, this that won't one. work, but <laughs> just it's a valiant people. effort. <laughs> I need equality. I'm trying to help out. <laughs> oh, we're doing it now. She's doing it now. Um, we're doing breaking our top 10 movies of the year. Of the year. Um, of the year. Were there any questions? I think we, I think we know Jeremiah. You did this last year, and Tristan, uh, this, we were texting about it. Yeah, this is my first time doing this, but like I have the list just up in front of me, just in case I uh, forget. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Serena, you know I, I bug her all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, Do you think this is a good idea? Would people like this? <laughs> Does anyone want to listen to me? Um, do you think people will like my content? <laughs> no one's liking. How do I find? It's only nine people in Cambodia. Um, oh. It's it's very weird. Um, so top 10 movies. Jeremiah, do you, we can go Jeremiah, Tristan, Serena, me, or I guess me, Serena, because she's busy. Breast she's a little preoccupied. Breastfeeding. She can't talk. It's a... <laughs> It's a whole body experience. <laughs> um, 
the so that, whole body turns into a breast. It's impressive. And it, it can't do anything. That's else. that's how that works, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I might have yes, missed a few correct. class. That's correct. She said that's correct. <laughs> I think though the way we did it last year was if say Jeremiah picks uh, Jungle Cruise at number ten, but I also have Jungle Cruise, the Dwayne Johnson hit movie, um, at like number one. We wait until we get to my number one. Mm-hmm. to talk about jungle cruise does that make sense i yeah. legitimately forgot that i watched jungle cruise this year <laughs> <laughs> you're like let me reorder my list click 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 well no because like i had i was messaging you about a about one of the movies and i was like would a netflix special count <laughs> yeah 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 it it doesn't well it changes one thing because it means mm-hmm. i can knock off another movie off the list but <laughs> yeah um so we know tristan has jungle cruise very good Jeremiah, you want to kick it off? What is your number 10? Okay. Um, I didn't really rank mine. It was hard. What it was really hard world? to rank it. That's literally what this <laughs> is But I did, my top, I did a top 10, though. I did a okay. top 10. It was just hard to rank them. Because I was okay. like, I had to like, I think I texted you and I was like, I'm like, I remember the movie and I remember liking it, but I'm like, God dang it. I couldn't remember like some scenes. And I was like, because it was some of them was like so long ago. Okay, so... My top 10 would be um, Single All the Way. Oh, I want to see that. I keep seeing it on Netflix. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It, I liked it. It's, it's on Netflix. It's a Christmas um, movie, right? Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. It's Is about... Arnold Schwarzenegger in it? Um, hmm. <laughs> well, well, hold on. Tristan, do you have Single All the Way? Because I do not. <laughs> I, I also do not. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Prophetic. <laughs> Okay, so this movie is like a Christmas movie, like a ro- a romantic Christmas movie, but it deals with um, uh, the lead actor is um, a gay person. What happens is he's going back home and his family is so adamant about him being in a relationship. So it's like one of those Christmas movies, but it's in a gay version. Okay. And so he goes back home. He takes his best friend who's also gay who's also his roommate and he's like hey why don't you pretend to be my like pretend like we just got together that way my family can stop trying to pressure me into getting into relationship and whatnot like this and so he takes him back and then um i don't want to ruin it if you're gonna watch it but. it's okay I'm, i don't mind spoilers okay yeah. they all so. die <laughs> yeah, there there's a bomb that drops it's a bad arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> So they go back. His mom sets him up on a blind date with this guy. And then it finally, um, like, basically throughout the whole thing, they, he finally realized that he is in love with his best friend, who's a guy, you know. And everyone and, his fa- and the family tries to get them together throughout the movie. And then eventually they do get together. Okay. It was cute. It was just like, I see a lot of these movies but they're the straight version. Mm-hmm. And so to see this one, it like, I don't know. Yeah. It, was, it, it, it was, sat with you. It did. And it was kind of weird. Cause I was like, this is just so weird. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get that though. Like Everyone that. needs a Hallmark Christmas movie every now and then. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Filipino dad is disappointed in me. Christmas oh. movie. All right. What? <laughs> so sorry. I'm drunk. Tristan, what's your number 10? So originally, uh, now that I've actually remembered that I've seen Jungle Cruise and that easily takes the spot, 
uh, originally it was going to be Black Widow by virtue of it being the 10th movie that I saw. <laughs> but um, it's actually going to be Raya and the Last Dragon. Nice. Does anybody else have that movie? I, I do. I have it um, later. We'll yes. Then we'll save this discussion. We will save it. All right. Serena. All right. She forgot. Hey. That's my favorite movie. <laughs> do you want me to go next? I mean, if you want to. Wow. She's like, mm, she's not busy. All right, I have number 10. Uh, is Luca. Does anyone else yes. have Luca? No. Luca's on mine. Luca's, Luca's on yours. Good. Okay, well, shit. <laughs> Luca's, Luca's all right. <laughs> Better hold on there, Tristan. All right. So now you, Serena. Okay, my number 10 is Encanto. Oh, okay. I still have to see that. <laughs> I know I have it signed. <laughs> I have that on mine. Oh, where's yours? Well, it's, clearly not number 10. It's not number 10. <laughs> it is definitely not number 10. <laughs> not, no, spoiler alert, it is not number 10. Surprise. Right. <laughs> now we're back to Jeremiah. God dang it. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I'm switching screens. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number nine. Oh, uh, The Lovebirds. Was that 2021? That was in 2021. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was 2021. It was. Let me fact check you. Yeah, May twenty second. Prophetic. If I look, if my Google, I looked it up, and it's twenty twenty. What? Mine said twenty twenty one when I looked it up. With the uh, with Kamal. Yeah. Yeah, that's twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Because that was on my list last year. Yeah. Google lied to me. May twenty second, twenty twenty. Yeah. Google literally brought up Google. Lovebird is the common name for the genus Agapornis, a small group of parrots in the Old World parrot family. Yo, parrots? Parrots are pretty tight. Do you need a second then, Jeremiah? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Tristan, here we go. For me, my number nine is probably going to be Jungle Cruise. (laughs) Nice. Does anybody else have Jungle Cruise? No. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about it. Jungle Cruise for me, like, I really enjoyed it just because... Uh, there's definitely some parts of it that I'm just like, this is a little, this is a little weird. I didn't expect the emotional centerpiece of the movie to be nothing else matters on Spanish guitar. And you hear that like three separate times throughout the movie, Uh but you know, I was kind of here for it when it hit, (laughs) but there is just something so intensely satisfying to me because like I've, growing up watching like a bunch of like the older Disney movies and sometimes they could get really dark. Uh (laughs) Um, There was something satisfying to me about seeing like that same level of darkness kind of cut through. I don't like that Dwayne, the rock Johnson and uh, the girl end up getting together at the end of the movie that rubs me the wrong way, but just like predictable. Yeah, one, it was really predictable. Two, it was really unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. But like he's so old. Exactly. (laughs) The the best way that I can describe it was like someone it feels like to me, someone pitched a really cool movie idea to Disney was like, hey, let's have like this really cool like adventure story that's like an original IP. And Disney looked at it and goes, make a jungle cruise. (laughs) And that's And I mean that in like the best way because there's like all the references to the rides and everything with like the corny jokes, which I was dying laughing in the theater every time (laughs) because I love terrible jokes. 
I don't know. It just one of those movies that like I watched it and it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And it just stuck with me after I watched it. Jeremiah, did you see it? Yeah, I did. I agree with you with that. Because when you first like see the trailer, you're just like, oh, it kind of looks like it's going to be like just corny. Yeah, it really wasn't. It was a lot different than, like you said, what I expected it to be, too. Yeah. I need to revisit Jungle Cruise then. I, I, I loved it. I, well, I especially love Emily Blunt. I mean, yeah. Of course, the luck to look at. But him as the skipper is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> only thing I had a problem with is he came back as a, a, a conquistador or something. Like, he he was, was a conquistador in a past life, yeah. Yeah, but that his spoke terrible Spanish. was awful. Yep. Like, he was all the Spanish words, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, I get it. He's the hugest name in the world, and again, he's amazing, but it was it was that was irritated that was definitely a moment where he was just like i was a conquistador like hundreds of years ago and i was just kind of like come on no that's (laughs) not what happened yeah my number nine now we can talk about it is encanto um jermaine do you have it i haven't seen it yet okay same on my list to see it's a it's a beautiful movie we saw it a few days before the baby was born. So that's the last movie in theaters I will see for the next four years. years. (laughs) Damn, no Spider-Man? No, I was like, maybe the baby will be three weeks late. Maybe (laughs) if you can hold it in. Suck it in! So I don't know. Hold hold Um, it in for Peter. (laughs) Please, Peter. No, it was a beautiful movie. I love Lin-Manuel. He worked on the music for it. I think visually it looked amazing. I don't know if it's the technology or the specific people who worked on this specific movie, but animation is just looking more lifelike uh, with each passing movie. And um, there's a lot of dancing in it, obviously, because it's very uh, uh, song based. And so it just it looks gorgeous how they're moving. Um, the colors are great. Um, I love the story of Mirabelle. I don't know how to say it. Mirabelle. I always screw it up. But um <laughs> her her not fitting in with the family and um it's it, it's just wonderful and i just our son loved it as uh, mm-hmm. we watched it and we've been listening to the soundtrack every day <laughs> so serena what did you think about encanto i loved it too i thought <laughs> michael thought it was mexican at first. i thought they were in mexico <laughs> Colombia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. um, if it makes you feel any better I was hyping it up. I was like, oh, it's Puerto Rican. (laughs) But, you know, completely different. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's so powerful to have, um, like, all Latinx countries or Latinx countries, like, as many as possible highlighted, because it's so rarely that that happens. And while I loved um, Coco, I... And that one was really important to me too, but it's so nice to have different cultures like highlighted and different um, people highlighted um, because so many people just generalize that if you're looking at it, you're, you know, you're just the same all across the board. And that's, that's not necessarily the case. Um, but there are so many similarities, like the clothing and the style of music, so many of the same influences and colonizers but um <laughs> but oh no yeah. but like <laughs> the um just coming right out and saying <laughs> Dwayne Johnson <laughs> yeah the music is amazing and I was looking up I love looking up the cast 
and they did a really great job of getting Colombian or like Colombian American or Colombian Panamanian or whatever actors to voice the characters and bring them to life, which I think is really important, right? Because again, so many animated films have voices that don't necessarily represent the people that they're playing. So I really enjoyed that. The story is really great. The Mm -hmm. animation is really great. The colors, the songs, everything. I just realized I never said my number 10. Oh. Uh, Whoops. It's Luca. No, we no, did. did. I did. You I did say it. I'm so sleepy. I'm so tired. <laughs> so tired. Brad, you're a brand new father a second time. It's fine. <laughs> a second time. Yeah. Okay. So, Serena, what's your number? I'm going to drink. Nice. Serena, what's your number nine? Okay. I know. Do you want Jeremiah to go since he never had a number? He was trying oh, to. Yeah. He yeah, tried to yeah, say I Jurassic Park as his number nine. Sure, sure, sure. He said, right, <laughs> said lovebirds, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay am i going yeah you're number nine okay i'll put venom oh i also forgot that i saw venom wow tristan <laughs> <laughs> wait no i didn't no i didn't gonna, i actually okay. have it i have that on my list oh higher um, okay i yeah okay so we'll wait for venom then do you have your nine now yeah okay i'll be editing this okay. for days yeah okay. <laughs> no she does not have <laughs> Well, well, well how's work, like Tristan? How's uh, you know, it, it's work. I'm dreading Spider Man. <laughs> okay, uh, yes, now oh, I have number nine. Okay, okay. hold on, hold on, the Spider Man thought. Okay, my number nine is Coda or C O D A. Oh yeah, which is Child of Deaf Adults. Yeah. Unless <laughs> I don't have it as no, not in my. This event. is the first that I've heard. Okay, it's a uh, Apple TV, I think. Apple Plus, yeah. Uh, That's why I can't watch it. (laughs) Yeah. But it's about a girl whose um, entire family is deaf, and she is the only one born into the family that is hearing. And she is basically trying to, like, she's in high school, so she's, it's like a coming-of-age story, but she's trying to figure out, like, where the balance is in, like, trying to find out who she is as a person and, like, what she wants to do in life and, like, pursue her dreams versus that obligation of helping her family because she is the only hearing person or a person that hears in the family. So to see one, like, actors who are deaf on a major, in a major movie is really impressive. And it shouldn't be. It should be more so. But... It was such a nice story mm-hmm. to. Um, okay, it's all right. You, you had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but it was no, but it was it was really cool. Like just to see the actors that were deaf or are deaf. I just wish that like the entire movie was just super white people, and not that that's bad because it was also in a small town. But there are so many different people that are also deaf. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, they get focused on this one particular family in this one particular town, and I get that. But my favorite <laughs> character, besides the girl, was this teacher who is Latin, Latine, and so he, um, like, helped guide her through her journey um, to pursue music, and he was, like, the only person of color in the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was pretty great. It was really um, like eye-opening for me mm-hmm. in terms of how we see likability. Yeah, Jeremiah. Yeah, you're number eight. Oh, my number eight. Okay. 
my number eight. Oh, In the Heights. I right. also have In the Heights. I have it also. Okay. Waiting for In the Heights. All right, Tristan. Uh, my number eight is Venom. I, I don't have it. And Serena, you didn't see it. So let's have it. Do you want to start this off, Jeremiah? Or? I guess my big thing is I kind of forget that um, Venom is also a bad guy. He, you know it's I mean? a gray area. He is yeah. innocent. So it's like, well, and it's, and so watching a movie, you're like, oh, he's playing this like superhero in this movie in a way. It's just like, then you just get reminded like, oh, wait a minute. He is, you know, typically supposed to be the bad guy to mm-hmm. like, you know, Spider-Man. And so it's nice to see that kind of like, I guess, conflict within like a superhero. For me. So this is where <laughs> I come in because uh, Venom is my favorite Marvel character. I absolutely love him. Just every, like, if there's a storyline about Venom, there's a decent chance that I know it and could tell, and I could, like, summarize it. And one of the things that I really liked about this is that they leaned into just how stupid Venom can be. (laughs) Because Venom's dumb. He's very dumb. He's very silly a lot of the time. And that comes with that he's a very primal he's like a wild animal like a feral cat almost like yeah like you can kind of like rank wrangle uh, wrangle him in and get him to do some stuff but eventually he's gonna want to do his own thing and plus just the effects with carnage as well it just oh it was so good i liked this a lot more than the first one because yes. the first one played it totally serious uh-huh. it made venom super intelligent which that's not who he is. Yeah. Um, I was like, that's that's not it. Did you did you even get it? It was the fanboy in me being like, this is not right. But I latched onto it a lot more. I also liked the relationship between Carnage and Shriek. It was a little bit weird uh, <laughs> towards the end when uh, they kind of forgot. Oh, yeah. Shriek can scream real loud and they don't like sound. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and that end credit scene. Mm-hmm. yes oh the end credit scene is so good like yeah hands down in my opinion best mcu end credit scene so far mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like uh i i remember going into clean theaters for venom and the immediate reaction of the audience when um when it happened it was like the roof just came off it was like and it was like that consistently. And it was uh-huh. just, and that was how I experienced it the first time too. It was just, oh my God. I definitely liked it more than the first one as well. Oh, yeah. um, and I agree with everything you both said. I, I just put Tom Hardy as a man. I love him as an actor and as a man. He's hot. Awesome. <laughs> just, um, just very hot. Yeah. So <laughs> very good. You saw the first one. Uh, if you, if you have to ask me if you like it did i it. see it did i like the first one the fuck did I... <laughs> serena you're number eight. Oh, um... it, it's a pattern it's a my number eight is united states versus billy holiday oh have i haven't seen it it's a what is it called a biopic yeah I love Billy Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it 
basically just highlighted her life, but more so from the aspect of like how they used her as a pawn to like start the war on drugs. Which, mm. And they kind of, you know, like they used her as a political pawn, like with her singing Strange Fruit, and they tried to like ban her from singing that song. And it's, it is a tragic story, but it's also her life, right? Mm. So it was the singer who played her. What's her name? Andrew Day. Andre Day. She was really good. Um, she sounded just like her mm-hmm. and it was heartbreaking, but it was nice. It was really important I think, to to have that story told too, because so many times you just like you hear her voice or you hear her songs, but you don't know um like her life. And I love um, like stories. It was good. It was, yeah, it was really good. I saw it. Which makes me curious now I'm thinking about it, if like these older um celebrities from the past if social media had existed half of the shit that they went through probably wouldn't have happened because people are getting exposed i feel um maybe it made it worse in some instances but it'd be interesting all right i'm drunk uh my number eight is um seaspiracy did anyone see that what words did you just say is that on netflix the ocean yeah oh no i haven't spiracy like I have not, no. <laughs> so it, it, it goes into, um, the, the person started with trying to talk about plastic waste in the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it turned into uh, climate change and, and oh, really, you did see it. That's why I looked at you for so long. <laughs> <laughs> I like, no, I didn't. <laughs> All right, has anybody else seen this? Has anyone, nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, and so just, just how much overfishing we do uh, as, as humans and uh, how that's affecting the uh, yeah, the ecosystem and, and the warming of the planet. And it's really tragic. And it, it hit me to where I loved it. I'm Filipino, so I love seafood, mm-hmm. shrimp, sushi, fish. He won't let us buy anything. Now I, now <laughs> I just like, I can't unsee the stuff I saw. I can't unhear the stuff I saw. Uh, having the reaction we all had the first time we watched Super Size Me. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that one either. Don't uh, watch that. It's not good. Oh, <laughs> God. You haven't? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And all driven by money. Yeah. And we're just, we're just going to fuck up the earth just because these, these people want money now. And even, even the, 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 the person documentarian went around and interviewed these so-called like wildlife groups and um, eco-friendly groups. And he would show them statistics like this is happening because of overfishing. And they'd go, well, no, if, if we just clean up the plastic, it should be fine. Go, well, that's not what the issue is though. And it's because they're linked to the, the, the food companies, the food industry. And so many of them blame plastic straws, but when you look at the data, like the plastic straws have such a, a small, minor percent yeah. of the damage that's actually being caused. But everyone's switching the paper straws, and that's like the villain is the fucking the plastic straw. Yeah, it's the plastic the straws. straws. Fruits, the yeah. easiest to like change. I've seen the sea turtle video. <laughs> that's what <laughs> doing it. Uh, so, Sea Spiracy, it's on Netflix if you want to just hate the human race and right. um, feel guilty when you eat fish. Yeah. Um, Way ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh jeremiah you're number seven 
My number seven is a uh, stowaway. Where is that? Sounds very familiar. It's on Netflix. It has a uh, the Korean guy. I think that played in Lost. Oh, Daniel Day Kim. Yeah, who's also a man. Yeah, yeah. Need a bunch of <laughs> men. A man. Man. Um, man. Has, who's the other lady you would know? Tony Collette. I love her. Oh, she's great. Okay. Yeah, she's in it. It's about so three of the people are on the ship and they're supposed to be going to, I think, Mars. And they're supposed to be setting up to help sustain life on there. So they're taking a bunch of stuff. And so it's only three of them. And when they took off, the other guy that got stuck on there, he's an engineer. And so the ship is only supposed to have three because the oxygen the oxygen is only for three people. Mm-hmm. And so they started, they start having complications, you know? And so now they have to figure out what, like what to do. There's too many people on here. You know what I mean? And they're on a mission and it like, it's very like, it's, it's, it's a lot. Daniel plays like, um, he, he deals with like, like plant stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's like his focus. So now they have to figure that out. And then what happens is, you know, their oxygen starts to run out. Um, they have other issues. And it's like, things happen. And what they, I don't want to give anything away. No, <laughs> so, I, I, it's on my list. Don't, don't tell me. Exactly. No do space. they, to figure out who dies, do nose goes? <laughs> or <laughs> nose goes. Yeah, you do the, and then they die. <laughs> Tristan's going so to get down. Do nose pretty, goes. For it's who? pretty sad. <laughs> It is. It's pretty sad and it's pretty good. Like I, I really enjoyed it. Cool. It's on my list to watch. Yes. Tristan, your number seven. My number seven is in the heights. Yeah. Hi. We're gonna have to wait for that one. Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> Go ahead, stream. Um, my number seven is Encounter. Oh. I watched it last night. Right. Anyone see it? Wait. What's the name? Encounter. Encounter. For a split second, I thought you said Encanto again, and I was like, I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> Just having a double. But Jeremiah can't have lovebirds. You can have two two spots, but you can't have an old movie. All right, Encounter. I don't have that. No. Nope. Go. No. no. Okay. Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. Another man. There's a theme here. Riz Ahmed is a man. <laughs> He's a man. Oh, yes. He, yes. Yes, he is. But it's okay. So the only part. Wait, is anybody gonna see it? I haven't uh, even heard about it. I'm looking at. I've it. also okay. never heard of it. Okay. Um. So the only part they show um parasites, like a lot of up close, you like know, insects, microscopic use yeah. of parasites, and that was like completely freaking out. But it is a story of a military vet who comes back and is suffering like psychological challenges. Uh, what is it called? PTSD. Yeah, PTSD, but also um, not hallucinations. It's um, for me, it basically like his character did ten tours. God. He Good Lord. Is judged. There's like one scene in the movie where he's judged based on how he looks, and because he, he said something like he was in Afghanistan, and the guy was like, "Well, whose side were you on?" Well, whose side were you on? It was awful. Oh, my! Um, yeah. It spoke to like how 
unfairly and awfully treat like veterans and how they're sold this like, I don't know, like this heroic story that they're, you know, doing it for our freedom, but a lot of times it's just unnecessary. And so much money is spent toward like funneled toward military and war and it's I don't understand why. Yeah. Um, because it it really affects those that enlist and then we do absolutely nothing to support them when they come back. Um mm-hmm. And so it was, he was a great actor first off. Mm-hmm. And the kids in the story in the movie were great. It was just, it was a really, um, I think, important story that highlighted like some of the, the challenges that haunt veterans when they come back. But yeah, it was really good. It was not what I imagined when I saw the name or the trailer even, but it was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Number seven for me is Malcolm and Marie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot I watched that. Why I, not? I sent you the whole I, list of movies we watched. I have <laughs> not seen that yet, and it's been on my list. And when I was looking through the thing, I was like, oh, shit, I have not seen this one. Yeah. Tristan, have you seen it? I have not. No. Okay. This is brutally honest. This is my first time hearing it. Yeah. So now I'm like, ooh, that's yeah. why I came out in the beginning of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's John David Washington and Zendaya, and it's just them two. I'm and, already sold. Yeah. And <laughs> as yeah. as an actor, when I saw this movie, I thought, oh my God, how much fun and how amazing this would have been to just dissect as an actor. They have these really long monologues. I heard a lot of people bash on it because of the really long monologues. It's kind of like a play. It, it is. Yeah, it sort of is. And it's, it's, like it. it's shot beautifully. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it whenever you you all see uh, the movie. It's two people trying to figure, they're a couple, trying to figure each other out. And when you have really bad fights with a partner, uh, <laughs> it gets very intense. And I thought they really captured it well when you have those intense fights and then you fight for like an hour and then you're cool and you're cuddling and making out. And then someone says something off and you go well wait wait what did you mean by that and then hands are getting thrown again and then hands are getting thrown again and then we argue for another hour and then uh it is a fantastic movie and it was um, all shot in this house so it, it just stays in the house that yeah. one tom hardy movie that was all shot in his car lock lock yeah neat malcolm and marie all right jeremiah number six the number six number six army of the dead Nice. I've not seen that. I am in the middle of it. I was trying to finish it before today, but I wasn't able to. I, I go back and forth on Zack Snyder, so I'm not sure if I'll watch it, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked it. Like yeah. I, yeah, I was you like, not like zombie movies usually. No, like, it's not was, that. What was the? It's... I actually liked it. Well, because like, okay, so I love zombie movies, but like when I watch the zombie movies, I know what I'm expecting. Like I'm like, nah, this is gonna be you know what it is but this one was like i felt like it was just more than just a zombie movie mm-hmm. i felt like there was more a little bit more to it i like the actresses and um actors that played in as well i don't know it just it surprised me it was something i didn't expect because mm-hmm. when i first saw the trailer and i was just like oh this is probably gonna be mm, okay but i <laughs> after watching it i was just like okay 
I actually actually enjoyed it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then it was long. That's why I was a little bit like hesitant. Okay. Yeah, I was very hesitant. I was like, oh, this is long. <laughs> Two hours and 30 minutes. And I was like, mm. yeah, it's for a zombie movie. And I'm like, <laughs> so yeah, I enjoyed Some of it. Was it. Deserved. Some of it not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, why is this in the movies? I love Batista. Uh, I'm yeah. a huge Same. pro wrestling. So, yeah. of course, I, yeah, uh, but he's been amazing. And um, I love zombies. But I'm, I'm not finished yet, so I'm gonna wait. Tristan, All right. you're number six. So I'm just gonna give heads up. Six onwards is like just banger after banger after banger. Um, I'm but here for it. I do have to put this one at number six just because the filmmaker in me can't justify putting it any higher. Uh, as much as I really like this movie. My number six is Eternals. Oh, I have it. I have it later. I figured. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Same. We'll get back to that. Serena, yeah. what's your number six? Concrete Cowboy. Oh. What was it? Concrete Cowboy. Oh. Just title alone, I'm interested. <laughs> I know. So tight. Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Oh, you sold. 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 <laughs> sold. So it's basically about a community of urban cowboys that um, keeps getting displaced in um, Minnesota? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Pennsylvania. Um, oh, well, yeah. So, uh, but, but there's also a book called um, Compton Cowboys um, that I've been dying to get um, about a similar um, like community. And the story is... Um, a kid who is raised in the city and is getting into trouble. And so the mom takes him to the dad and the dad is a cowboy. So um, they raise horses, they build stables, they, um, you know, they race the horses, they just have this really close knit community. And unfortunately, like city officials um, and regulations don't really allow this community to thrive. And I think especially because it's like lower socioeconomic individuals, it's mostly individuals of color that um, live in the community. So they're constantly being like pushed around and it's, but it is such a, a good story of um, like family is like how you treat each other versus like blood bonds um and how they like care for their own and it's like a lot of them there were a couple of real cowboys and you know women cowgirls <laughs> there was one girl um but anyway she um she, i don't know how they identify but they um they are really a part of that community and so they were featured in the movie and they were amazing in the movie mm-hmm. and a lot of them say you know that the lifestyle in that community basically save their lives from like selling drugs or gang life and they also follow a, a kid um with well i don't want to spoil it anyway it's like you know given the choices and and you know the opportunities that you have what you make of it i don't know it was just i really want that book yeah <laughs> so, wow. but the, but the movie was really cool it was really good and of course eat yourself yeah eat yourself as a cowboy Idris Elba as a cowboy is what I need. And now yes. he's going to be Everyone in Kitna. Yeah. yeah. My number six is 
Shangxi. Does I have it higher. Okay. All right. We'll come back then. Jeremiah, you're number five. My number five is House of Gucci. Damn. I want to see that. Yeah. Still haven't seen it yet. And I love Ridley Scott. So I'm like, (laughs) yeah. So when I saw it, 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 it almost like a part of me did feel like I was like, oh, this has been really good if it was like a series. Like, cause there was, cause there was a lot of things in there that I was like, I feel like they could have got, went more into. And then, um, plus there was like questions I kind of had, you know, and like when they do movies, I think there's always like, they leave you with questions when you have a, what biopic sometimes like that. Mm -hmm. And Lady Gaga. Oh my God. Oh (laughs) my God. And I like the guy too. Adam Driver. Yeah. yeah. Adam Adam Driver's great. It was kind of weird because he was kind of attractive to me in that movie. I'm gonna mute you for the rest of this. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna you have to talking. take you out of here because yeah. he's a man. He's a man. <laughs> it was weirdly. I was like, oh, okay, I can see it. He's. I don't know. It could be the character he's playing. He was kind of attractive, and I was like, all right. But was Lady like, oh, Gaga, God damn it! I was afraid. <laughs> I don't oh, yeah. know. She just, I was like, oh, okay. Gaga's, it was good. It was good. Gaga's underrated as an actress, in my opinion. She yeah. is a yeah. very yeah. strong performer. Yeah, she is. I'm excited to see that. Tristan, your number five. Uh, my number five is The Suicide Squad. Nice. Ooh. Does oh. anyone else have it? Not on my list, but I. No, it's not on my it. list, but I saw it and I really did enjoy it. Okay. I like to talk about it. So, I don't know how hot of a take this is, uh, but. The like the first Suicide Squad movie with Jared Leto, Joker, everything like that. It is legitimately the worst movie I've ever seen. Okay. Um, <laughs> Why? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I I detest that movie. But this new one, one I love that it brought in a lot more of like the more obscure or like weirder DC villains, like fucking polka dot man. They made me care about polka dot man and like i loved his whole character and everything i love that his whole thing was overcoming the anxiety of his mom and everything like that and i loved that it this was just like a thing that i noticed thinking about it later there's definitely like some subtle theming going on with um blood sport and um i want to say patriot idris elba and john cena with them being the exact same guy, but the only real difference is um, race, mm-hmm. effectively, yeah. like race and yeah. nationality. Yeah. And that was yeah. something that I really liked. I feel very iffy on the fact that Patriot's getting a series now, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. He's getting an HBO series, uh, not Bloodsport, though. It was such a noticeable step up, as well as just like the whole like theming and reading of like how i can't remember uh rick flag i think it is the actual mm-hmm. like marine that they have yeah the difference between like him fighting uh to protect people which is what he signed up for his service for and patriot which is doing something to protect the government and it kind of gives like that different dichotomy of two different people from the same place but going about things super differently and one is way more harmful than the other like one just wants to help people and the other one is self-interested and just, Oh, and I'm sorry. I'm, 
I love King Shark so much. Yes. <laughs> he was so that was, good. That was Every moment of him. Friend. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, by the way. Found yeah, that out later. I, yeah. I love that. But yeah, just uh, such a noticeable step up from the first movie. And is just so much more. It, there's just so much more to like meet on it. Like so much more to yeah. like eat and uh, chew on as well as just way more entertaining to watch and mm-hmm. actually coherently edited mm-hmm. um, that I could just, uh, I enjoyed that movie so much. And this is my number five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed the movie. It, it was fun to watch. It. Oh yeah. I think nice. the, uh, the first one, I, I don't want to re-trigger myself, but um <laughs> But King Shark, I mean, it, it was just fun. Polka Dot Man. And I and I love the 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 theme you point out about just the differences between John Cena and Idris Elba was that white and black. And you can yeah. see that, I mean, in a lot of points in history with like this artist can do it because they're white, but these artists, because they're black, it's it they're not allowed, right? Yeah. Um so many times that's that's happened. Yeah. And just it was it was so much fun. I it's I yeah. Such a fun movie. Yeah. I watched it. I got halfway because Serena didn't want to see it. And I said, no, yeah. I promise you. So I re- I started again from the beginning with her <laughs> mm-hmm. just because I was like, this is I this promise is you'll enjoy it. Yeah, please. I did not enjoy the first. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was hesitant to watch the second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The second that was, was a lot better. Fair. I think the biggest thing to me was that, like you said, it was so much fun that there were so many stories. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like um, they keep they kept switching to different stories, and it was nice because it was just like, oh, like you like, and then you get invested in these stories. Whereas like the first one kind of stayed on that group, and that was it, and and it just followed that group, and they'll tell their backstory. Whereas this one, they tell their backstory, but then they each were like they were supposed to be a group, but then they separated, and then you just have like this happening over here with like Harley Quinn. And you have this happening with like um, Blutch, uh, Bloodsport and them. And you're just like, oh my goodness. It's like, it's like chaotic, but it's a fun chaotic. It's chaotic. Like they were telling all their stories separately, but you could follow them all. Like yeah. you could very easily keep track of it. Yeah. it. It wasn't as all over the place as the original one was. Yeah. Just, mm, I love them. <laughs> um, Serena, you're number five. Was Ninari. Okay. Ninari. Did anyone else see it? These are a lot of movies that I have not heard of. <laughs> granted, granted, before I started working in the movie theater, I was not paying attention to movies. Are you going to tell us about it? Oh, um, so it's about a Korean family that comes to the US and pursues the American dream. It was really beautifully shot. The actors were really, really good. Stephen Yoon, who was yeah. in The Walking Dead is really good in it and it's like a multi-generational family and you just see from their perspective like what it's like to come and try to survive basically but it was just a story about like family and resilience and um, it was just really pretty Mm -hmm. i would even because when you hear like korean immigrants come to america Mm -hmm. and the south they go to the south Mm-hmm. I was waiting for okay, then the, then the KKK show up, right? Like <laughs> some shit's about to happen. 
none of that happens. It's just them trying to assimilate and just be there. It's just them trying to live. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that felt nice. And there was backlash about it because I think it was the Oscars or somebody nominated them for best foreign film. And they were saying, well, this is an American story. People coming here and it's about family. Like, it, that's it was, weird yeah yeah it was very strange so i feel like but because it was all in korean basically. yeah so i think just based on the language which is mm-hmm. really short-sighted yeah everyone prides themselves on the fact that this is the like the place where people go right mm-hmm. to get a second chance or to um escape whatever they need to in their own home countries but mm-hmm again, we have this like very specific idea of what it means to be an American and to be successful. And because this doesn't necessarily like fit the mainstream, but it was still a really powerful story. Mm -hmm. Oh, so number five. Four. Four. No, my number five. Your number five. My number five is Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, that one I have higher. That's on my list and I need to see it. (laughs) It is on my list, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. So then Jeremiah, you're number four. Okay. My number four is Luca. Yes. Let's talk about it. Oh my goodness. Um, I feel like I, I told you about it. It's been so long. Yeah. It's been so long. It was a really cute story and there was things in it that I was like, I wonder what they're trying to hint at, but they didn't really, I I don't feel like they completely went there, but there was parts of it where I was felt like they, it kind of took it there, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they, um, and then it was just, um, I don't know. It was really sad because you have this kid who does not have a family. And so he latches on to, um, another kid and, and you're just like, Oh my God, like imagine meeting someone at a young age who doesn't have a family, you know, and they finally getting a family and and them going through the motions of like, this person belongs to them because they never had that before. And they feel like it's being taken away, you know? And it was just like, I don't know. It was really, it was crazy. Cause I, I can't think of like a, a reality of like that actually happened to someone I know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it was just, it was nice to, uh, I guess get that like wake up call like those things do sometimes happen Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah I liked it I liked it a lot I really enjoyed the animation style of it it looked very different from other uh animated movies recently and they just wanted to win the race to get a Vespa like (laughs) the world wasn't on the line it wasn't like Commentary. It's a relatively low stakes movie. Yeah, it's not. It's not commenting on what the afterlife could be. Um, <laughs> it, it's just these two friends who, and then a third friend shows up later, mm-hmm. and it it was just really sweet. It's such <laughs> a sweet movie. Yeah. Well, and I think it too speaks to like family is like how you treat people and like mm-hmm. who you consider. It's not always blood related or it's not always you know mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that like uh, nuclear family or the, the perfect image of what people think a family should be mm-hmm. Tristan did you see it I did see Luca I enjoyed it mm-hmm. it just it just wasn't fully my thing mm-hmm. like 
it it wasn't what I was looking for in like the movie that I wanted to watch at the time. Like I still enjoyed it. I 100% agree. The animation is very spot on. I would go as far as to say this might be my, this might be the Pixar, uh, the best animated Pixar movie I've seen Mm -hmm. because they have to do with so many different things like the color shading and the actual like transformation sequence and sequencing everything with like droplets of water. Mm -hmm. That was really, really cool there were just some moments where I just got bored and I just got pulled out of it. Yeah. (laughs) And I was just like there every now and then I was just on my phone, like, okay, are are they going back for the Vespa? All right, let's go. (laughs) But I still, I still enjoyed it. And like the ending in particular was very, very sweet. And I really liked it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Tristan doesn't have a soul. All right. What's your number four, Tristan? Confirmed. Uh, (laughs) In very stark contrast to what we were just talking about um my number four is dune does cool. anyone else have it no no yeah, i've seen it I've okay seen it and no. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> dune i oh so this is the second time that they've actually tried adapting dune before yeah. the first time was in the 80s it yeah. was david lynch yeah. and i like david lynch but the movie was really bad because like a lot of the problem with it is he had to figure out a way to convey what the characters were thinking and he couldn't think of a way visually to do it so he just had them say their thoughts with this one denis uh Vellevue, i hope i say that right he's french director he did blade runner 2049 mm-hmm. i love that movie I need to rewatch that now that I've seen this. He's also the guy that did Sicario, I found out. Okay. Yeah. But um, with this one, because Dune is massive. Dune, Dune is known for being super hard to adapt because there's so much of it. And Denis is able to very, very visually and easily convey just like the scope of everything and how big everything is. And I love that they kept exposition to a minimum because mm-hmm. like the worst thing that I see with a lot of like sci-fi epic movies is they load it with exposition, like right away. And this it's like 20 minutes, you get the bare minimum of what you need and then you're good to go. And just, the visual storytelling and everything in this movie is so good. And the performances. Oh my God. I loved it so much because like everyone kind of harps on Paul being really shitty as a character. That's kind of the point. He is Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Uh, cause, uh, and they don't, they haven't gotten to it yet because it's still just the first part of the first book, but the entire Dune series is meant to be a harsh criticism of the white savior trope. And they, and they kind of start getting at that in the, in this movie, because Paul sucks. (laughs) at helping people he does absolutely nothing besides like cry and see the future one or two times (laughs) (laughs) but um the the lore and like the world building and the language too is just so cool 
like you got the feeling that at least like the writers and then he actually sat down and read about, I want to say it's Frank Herbert, the author, uh, and read about like his research practice because when he was writing Dune, he full immersed himself in Muslim uh, practices and culture and like Middle Eastern like practices as well, just to get a feel for it so that he could take that and build something more from it. It's taking what we already have and building extra from it. The ending is awful. <laughs> the The ending of the movie is really bad, but just the rest of it is so strong for me. Like, especially Oscar Isaac as Oscar. the head of House Atreides, because I'm not going to lie. He's a he's a bit of a silver fox in this. He's a man. He's another man. He's another man. Yeah. And just, oh, I love this movie and seeing it in um in an IMAX theater for the first time was just pristine. It was so good. Yeah. Cool. I have thoughts, but I'll share Go it ahead. later. You're good. No, You're I'll good. share it later. No. <laughs> okay. It goes with the, like the end questions, the mm-hmm. other like extra questions. That's fair. That is fair. Uh, Serena, what is your number four? It is, oh, Shang-Chi. Cool. I also have Shang-Chi, but it's higher. It's higher. Okay. We'll wait. Same. We'll wait for that. My number four. Tristan, stop. What? You're looking at me. Eternals. It's Eternals. Um, <laughs> is my number four. Do Jeremiah, Serena? Mm-hmm. Jeremiah? Yeah, I have it. You have it higher? Okay. So we'll wait for that then. <laughs> I mean, it's just me and you to have it, right? No. Uh, Tristan I, has it. I had it at my number six, I think. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was my, that was my number Serena, six. Serena, do you have it, Serena? Nope. Oh, okay. Then we can start talking about it. It's your number three? It's my number three. Oh, number three. Cool. Let's do it. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Well, Eternals. Um, <laughs> I think what I said... God damn, what did I say to you about it that I really like? I think we I really like... talk before these podcasts. We should not. <laughs> I really like... There's no, there's no hero. Like, there's no hero. There's no villain. There's this whole thing of there's a circle of life and it's like you doing this can harm you not doing this could also harm. It's like you have two choices to make, but they're bad no matter what. It's a, it's a complex problem. It is so complex. Yes. And it's just, and it's like, and I love that it just leaves you with like wanting more answers. Mm -hmm. I love how they put so many different, um, multicultural characters in there yeah um, the diversity of the cast was really oh it was it was beautiful and then i love I, and i love that marvel does this they intertwine these characters with the real world and it makes you feel a part of it mm-hmm. and so like how they go over what they did throughout the years of um you know our life and I'm, and it's like oh if they could have done that you know would this have changed that or this you know and it's just like it's like it's so cool because it's like i guess seeing history in a way i feel sort of verbally exhausted because we had that podcast we had a whole podcast talking about eternals Eternals, so i'm (laughs) trying to like not repeat myself i i just really liked the movie Mm -hmm. a lot it didn't our daughter just farted if anyone (laughs) just i don't i don't know if that picked up but um uh yeah, she just shit on Eternals. Um, 
Dad, do you like Eternals? Ugh. That's poopy. <laughs> you had it higher than Shang-Chi. I, I, I just really enjoyed it for the for the diversity. I, I also love that it doesn't feel like a regular Marvel movie. And I, mm-hmm. I say this, I think in the intro of the Eternals episode is that there is a conversation to be had from Eternals when you see it. And you don't get that from Ant-Man or like other Marvel movies or yeah, I think even just other movies in general. So I, I really appreciated that. For me, it's like, like I went on that whole rant with Dune. I'm a big sucker for world building. Mm-hmm. And that I think is the strongest point in favor of Eternals. And it helps that uh, the director, Zhao, she is known for doing mm-hmm. like these big, expansive movies. Like, I think the the last movie she did before Eternals was Nomadland. Yeah. And it's just about a woman living in a van, uh-huh. like driving across country. And it hits so strongly in this that she clearly knows how to do like these big, expansive movies. Uh, it also helped that she did writing for this movie as well. Mm-hmm. And I still think in terms of like this ending gave me that same feeling of, oh, no, like, oh, like that dread that I felt with the end of Infinity War Mm -hmm. of just that moment of Arashim coming back and just, hey, this is a coin toss at this point, buddy. And then just leaving. (laughs) And I think I mentioned this before. I, I like it when visual mediums do like Lovecraftian themes of just like fear of that which we can't comprehend or that which we don't understand. Absolutely hate H.P. Lovecraft the person, but just hating on that idea of this thing is so cosmically huge that it just makes you feel so small. Like when you first see Tiamat's like finger come out of the earth it's like oh no what did we do (laughs) like i had mentioned there is the movie doesn't does have a lot of problems and that holds me back from putting it up higher but just when the movie is like on for lack of a better sense it is very strong it is very good tristan you're number three my number three is i'm i'm curious how we're all going to feel about this my number three is Candyman. oh i have not seen it but i want to i, I want to. fucking loved candy man <laughs> please don't say it again my, my pants are going <laughs> candy i has has anybody else seen it no no, it's on our list. No, I, so there is something so cathartic of just seeing a bunch of racist people just get absolutely eviscerated. <laughs> and that's and that's like this whole movie. Yes. Um, there's there's a bunch of there's just so much catharsis in that. But it also talks about and tackles really big problems. Like it looks at stuff on like a very micro level because it focuses on one black man who is a struggling artist i believe in chicago trying to like get his next piece and it's getting shot down by a bunch of white art critics who are just like nah this is dumb nah this doesn't make any sense nah you shouldn't do this 
And it also hits on the bigger problem of gentrification as well. Cause there's like an entire like neighborhood that's just blocked off for construction. Cause they're going to build some random, like fucking like upscale uh, apartments there, I think. And the entire like back half of the movie takes place there. It's so good. And um, so excited. I feel so yeah. bad that I can't remember his name because he's yeah, yeah, in Abdul the matrix. Mateen. Yeah. Uh, he absolutely electrifying in this movie. He is such a good actor mm-hmm. and I can't wait. Cause this is my first movie seeing of him and I cannot wait to see more of his work. Yeah. And just, Oh my God. It's so good. And another the, man, the vi- another man, my favorite thing about the, I'm going to give slight visual spoiler for like jump scares. I don't like jump scares. I don't like very in your face horror. I like the more like subtle, kind of like blink and you miss it kind of thing. Mm. And in like my favorite shot in this movie, because the whole thing with the Candyman is you can only see him in reflections, right? Oh my God. So <laughs> there's a scene in a bathroom, like in a high school, like in a public bathroom. And there's these teenagers playing the game yeah. and they're looking in a mirror and nothing shows up when they say it the fifth time. But when they cut back, to a different angle of them like walk tr- walking out to leave the bathroom you see like the paper towel dispenser like the shitty like metal thing uh-huh. you can see him standing like blurred out in the paper towel dispenser <laughs> and it's oh. one of those things that like if you like don't notice it it's like okay this is a weird angle and then as soon as you see it it's oh no <laughs> and this movie is filled with subtle scares like that of like you, blinking you miss it like attention to detail it it's so good yeah <laughs> have you seen the other uh the original candy man i have not it's on my list now i've only very recently started getting into horror movies and everything oh, like that because okay. i was um, curious and wondering if it was like similar for I, the biggest thing that i have heard from mm-hmm. people that have seen the original it's very 50 50 like people oh, either okay. people that have seen the originals either really really like this one or they really don't like it but okay. it's it's a very clean divide did you see i didn't oh. cadence was saying that because i asked him do i need to see the original to to see this one he said no there's just like little easter eggs in yeah. the new one that you would go oh that, yeah. you that, definitely don't need to see it yeah so okay there is like some references to some of the shots from the other ones like the elevator there's an yeah. elevator scene that's a reference to one of the movies for example yeah serena you're number three judas and the black Messiah. all right still need to watch that <laughs> yeah i haven't seen that yet let's talk about it you had it i had it uh, uh number five okay so it's about someone who infiltrates the Black Panther Party to help, like, capture or basically, like, nail Fred Hampton, who was the leader. And, like, the cast was amazing. Um, yeah, again, just, you know, there's there's an autobiography. There's a book about Fred Hampton, I think, that mm-hmm. we saw and we wanted to get. Um, but I didn't even like really know who that was until this movie. And I thought, again, like this was just a really important story to have come to life. And it was visually just kind of, you know, like stunning and 
the writing was good. Yeah, I just, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Daniel Kaluuya plays Fred Hampton. Mm -hmm. He's incredible. Uh, but Keith Stanfield oh, is in it. Jesse Plemons, who also just like shows up randomly and stuff, is really good <laughs> in it. Um, yeah. I like him. It's just a super powerful movie, but then it is a shitty reminder of racist America. So, and how black people are treated. So I, I, I have a few friends and brothers who are black and they refuse to see it right to to it's like they don't want to be re-triggered with that stuff so because so many stories right of like yeah there's a traumatic yeah but if you're able to see it yeah. it's a very powerful movie my number three is ryan the last dragon yeah. That was my number 10. <laughs> yeah, I know. When you said it, I was like, oh, gosh. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah, do you have it or no? No. No, Serena? At this point, it would just be the number two or the number one. <laughs> yeah. So, Raya, I fucking love this movie. Mm -hmm. I, Asian people. But then it's like <laughs> vaguely ambiguous Asian. It's not a specific mm -hmm. group of Asian, so... But still, yeah. I was like, it's, uh, it's collective rather than specific. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll take the wins where I can get them to, to see. And I've you know said this on a few other episodes where like our kids can look and sort of see someone that looks like them represented. I thought the action was really great. I'm all for um, female or female presenting protagonists that are badasses and they're not princesses in dresses yay like oh, yeah. they're they're fighting they're f namari they're is so amazing yeah and raya and tuk tuk is such an adorable idea <laughs> for a creature um, is perfect <laughs> yeah i'm a sucker for um big group movies so like eternal you like fellowship adult. movies yeah and, th and this is you have boone the little boy you have the mm. um noi with the, her little monkeys and then um <laughs> so cute is yeah. it tong the, the big buff one you know and going on a journey and you're all different but you have a collective goal in mind mm -hmm. um sisu is also funny aquafina it's beautiful the stuff like she's running on rain what yeah. the fuck are we doing like <laughs> i'm 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 here for it and mm. um the drones how did what a great idea for a, a monster of a villain this thing that yeah. and then it splits and it's it's supposed yeah. to represent for me at least from what i've read and sort of picked for myself is like humanity's anger and hate and fear mm -hmm. towards each other and how that spreads mm -hmm. so quickly yeah so raya and last dragon just what are your thoughts so i liked a lot about raya again like the animation is absolutely gorgeous i love it all the performances were super strong i especially Especially loved Aquafina as a it was Shisu, right? Yeah, Shisu. Okay, yeah. yeah. I love I wanted to make sure I was getting that right. That's on me. Um, but I loved her as Shisu. So much fun, brought so much like life to it. And it was so interesting for me because this is this is shit that I know nothing about. Cause you know, I don't learn, I I never learned about this. And like seeing even just like an aspect, even if it is just like, oh, a collective instead of like a specific group like with uh uh Encanto and Colombia it's something that I'm just like yo I am here for this like I love this the biggest thing and this just comes down to like my personal taste 
has nothing to do against like the mark of like or merit of the movie i am not usually a fan of like force of nature style antagonists mm. of like these big abstract things that are just like yeah we are this and then they get no characterization besides that i like to have like a central antagonist like one person that's like you can get all the themes out of it as well as just get their beat as a character. You kind of got that with, with a, I can't remember her name, but uh, the girl that betrays her in the beginning of the movie. And then she has like her, is that it? I think so. Yeah. And she has her whole like character growth and arc and that resolves very nicely. And I was just like, okay, cool. But where's the villain now? (laughs) I still had a lot of fun with it and it's still definitely a favorite of mine from this year. It's just like, there's just some small things I would have changed on my own personally. I do agree with how like the monsters were seen as, um, I guess, metaphorically the, the talk, the social norms that um, Mm -hmm. instruct us and make us feel and be a certain type of way. So I, I love that. So they gave that a physical form, right? Mm-hmm. And so I love that with the movie, it was, you have this uh, Susie's who was innocent. And like, just the conversation, the whole conversation with her character was just pure innocence of like, it's like a child of like, oh, I don't know all these things that ha- happens in the world. And because I'm not, it's not something that's taught to me and and so what happens is like, she's just constantly talking about, well, why can't we just all love each other? Why can't we be all this way? And then you have all these different groups. Um, and I looked at it as like, okay, you have like how the world is now, you have all these different groups and they're all fighting, you know, because of this social concept that's creating this barrier. And I think what was so powerful was the, the uh, towards the end when it came to Rhea having to understand that you have to let your guard down too. And when she was able to do that and not try to be the hero, but like not trying to save everybody, but like, I need to let my guard down and pass the torch and which she did. And when she did that, like it was, it was so powerful because then you had this, this uh, I can't remember her name, the girl. Namari. Yeah, what, how she um, she was so angry and there was so much in her where it was just like, sometimes it's hard to change people like that. And what Rhea did is like, she just like, I'm giving up. I'm, I'm letting it all down. I'm it's it's you. It's you. And she allowed her to feel something. And it was it was nice. And it was like. You know, instead of being like, well, I got this struggle and blah, blah, and this, and this, and, and, you know, because that's, I felt like the movie was constantly both of them saying that, oh, this, you did this, you did that, you're this, your people, this, your people, that. It was constantly just doing this. And then you have this. And for someone to be like, you know what? I'm putting my guard down. I'm, I'm letting go. I don't know. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see, and especially for a, a children's movie. Mm-hmm. Now, Jeremiah. Number two. My number two is Shang-Chi. That's also my number two. 
<laughs> I think, yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. So Serena's number four. It was my number six. Let's do it. God damn it. It's so long ago. I loved everything about it. I still remember like every beat of Shang-Chi. <laughs> it's so good. It's really good. I love um, that. I, I guess like, you know how like he's the hero, but they didn't make it just him in the movie. Mm-hmm. It, it was like a group thing. And I was just like, that's nice. Cause I don't think they do that a lot when it comes to like Marvel movies. It's always like, I feel like it's, well, not just Marvel movies, but just like, hero movies it's always one person that has to be has to do one thing to save everybody mm-hmm. and i felt like there was a group effort in all of it and mm-hmm. it was nice it was really nice to see simu lee is a man mm-hmm. uh, sorry simu we- lee he, yeah. he's a man uh yeah. <laughs> but for me what resonated a lot is there, there's like that inherent like uh, I'm trying to think of like the best way to put this into words. You kind of got the sense that um, he felt that Shong had to carry like this burden of just like I am like my father's kid. I'm like defined by it. This is who I am. And there was something so powerful and like universal of just that doesn't have to define you. Like that does not have to be who you are. One of the things that I noticed or that I think I started picking up on was um, the martial arts that they started using were vastly different. His father, I want to say, uses uh, more like offensive based stuff like uh, uh, Kung Fu and things like that. But the other ones use much more like serene and like calming ones like Tai Chi and just seeing that visual difference and watching as Shang as a Shang learns both mm-hmm. and like incorporates and becomes stronger because he can use both is a great visual metaphor for him finally being able to just be like no like I'm not going to do this mm-hmm. and like this is not going to be who I am this is not going to define me and there is just something so strong about that and again the performances were all great aquafina again mm-hmm. I love her. absolutely killing it <laughs> but just uh just just something about it there's like that moment when you're watching like an mcu movie or like you're watching like a big franchise movie especially if it's like later on there's just something about that moment where you're watching it and you see the immediate spark of like this is the special one this is mm-hmm. the one this yeah. is like the big one. Yeah. Serena? I think I love what you said about the, the visuals of like the two different types of, of art, of martial arts. But I think for someone who doesn't know like that much about, about different styles, it was still just encompassing. Like it, this fight sequences were just so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, so so like executed so well it was just beautiful to watch the characters yeah they were great Aquafina was great um Simulu was great I think that like the my top well no I guess my top movie but then this movie is like you the children inheriting like the dreams or the 
certain tasks by their parents and trying to live up to those expectations while trying to figure out how to navigate the world as a person in their own right. And it was such a, a like a, a different take on a, a superhero, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, he had his ancestry and his the cultural traditions and that kind of like almost spiritual foundation versus like gadgets or something. It just, I don't know, while he was so fantastical, it still felt so much more real than like Iron Man. <laughs> um, it felt so much more relatable, which I really appreciated. And then the last thing I think I'll say is the shit. What was I going to say? The shit. The <laughs> shit. The shit in this is so realistic. The shit. <laughs> oh, I'm still, I don't know. Morris. I'm still a little Morris is confused perfect. about like Aquafina and Tina's relationship, like their character's relationship. I thought it was platonic and I'm hoping that they don't end up together because I feel like, again, so many times like Hollywood wants to make this. You got to get the girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt the relationship was really platonic and like, Aquafina, what's her name? Katie. Katie. Um, kind of filled the void left by his sister not being in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping, I don't know if there's going to be another one, but I didn't feel like it was romantic and I hope it doesn't become romantic. I don't know if it does, but I just, I really appreciated that, like, again, the brother sister kind of relationship, then reconnecting with his sister, mm-hmm. who's such a badass. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything you all said. <laughs> I mean, I, it would just be me repeating. But also, uh, Simu Lu as a Asians as a sexy person. Asians mm-hmm. are usually nerds or uh, just weird. not good looking. Um, but I think I feel like that's, that's Simu changing. Lu just Simu Lu just as a Chinese man just being a fucking magnet. Yeah, <laughs> is is helping everybody trickle down economics. Um, <laughs> Is that what that means? Uh, okay. Tristan, what's your number two? Uh, Shang-Chi was my number two. Oh, it was your number two. Okay. Yeah. I apologize. Uh, Serena, what is your number two? Uh, one Night in Miami. Oh, tight. I think that's on my list to see. That's also my number two. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Finally, we know what we saw. All right, go ahead. Tristan, did you Oh, hear Tristan. It? I have not. Well, oh. uh, One Night in Miami? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have no um, idea what this is. Directed by Regina King. I think it was her directorial it's... debut. Mm-hmm. Neat. But it basically is like, how would you say it? Like a fantasy if these four individuals. I think it was a re I think they really hung out that night. So it's um but they end- it ended differently. Well, they no one knows what actually happened in the room because oh. no one's there except for that. So it's Sam Cook, <laughs> Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, and um Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. They were all friends in real life, mm-hmm. I believe. I mm-hmm. think they were all hanging out on this one night. So the one night in Miami. It's this writer's um, fantasy, I guess, of, of how these conversations went. Mm-hmm. In this one hotel, it takes place pretty much in the hotel, except for a few cutaways, but mm-hmm. uh, in the hotel room. The four actors were phenomenal. This was another, mm-hmm. like, if I got to do a role, I would hope it's as juicy and as deep as these four characters were and they're differing ideas because you can I mean it's the human experience you know you have four black men 
but they all experience this world differently mm-hmm. or similarly depending on what and to see the, the conversations between Malcolm X versus Sam Cooke mm-hmm. or Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown how they interpret the world differently because you can get a lot of you know you're you're of this community why don't you agree and you know just because we have this in common doesn't mean we're going to agree on this other thing yeah what did you want to the writing yeah was amazing because you have like these conflicting philosophies of like how to navigate their power in a very racist world (laughs) and um (laughs) the four actors were amazing and it was just again like i i really like true stories or like stories about real individuals um and so to have this kind of marry with a like a a more um like fantasy based outcome of what happens was really intriguing like it was really it wasn't again like a biopic it was mm-hmm. it was just these real four individuals and their um their thoughts and their view, views of the world kind of unfolding before you and it was just it was so cool yeah she did amazing yeah Regina King on um, Amazon Amazon Prime now I have to watch that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah what's your so now we're down to number ones oh my number one uh my number one is Cruella wow I did not watch that judging you a little bit go ahead I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't it wasn't like me seeing, oh that looks bad. I don't want to watch it. It's just I didn't have time. Yeah. <laughs> I actually was really surprised by it. It didn't give me a Disney type movie. Have you guys seen it? Yeah. I have okay. not. I'm the only um, one. Okay. I, I don't care for spoilers though, so just go in. <laughs> okay. So so it's, it was sitting on my uh like list for a while, and then I was like, well, let me watch this, you know, and then I, I watched it and I was just like God dang it. I'm like expecting like, I don't know the Disney about it, but I didn't get it. The actors and actresses in it. First of all, I love them of like the cast was really good. I thought, and it was just, the story was like, I guess the, like when you think of like Cruella, you think of like 101 Dalmatians Mm -hmm. and you like, you look back at that. And so you don't really know there's like, there's no story or backstory, nothing like that. And so I guess my expectation of the story was based off of like what I knew of Cruella. This was nothing I expected. It and humanized her. It it did. It 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 really did. And I was just like, oh wow. And I don't know, it was it was just done so well. Interesting. Mm. So this is where shit gets a little messy. <laughs> oh because this right now <laughs> I tried very hard to i tried very very hard to have only one number one Uh but i have a tie because i love i love both of these movies equally and like they're very different but i love them both and i can't separate them okay like at all in my mind to me they're just they're 2021 like this is the best Bo Burnham's Inside okay, and The Green Knight. Oh, okay. It just, for one, like as a creative, Bo Burnham's Inside, it, it hit me really hard. Is like, that on a comedian? One, he, is a, he is a comedian. Okay. The concept for this was, because Bo Burnham, the last special he did was in 2016, 
-hmm. And he had to stop performing because he started having panic attacks on stage. Um, And he's like, he's just turned 30. And at the start, like just before the pandemic, I think it was like a month before the pandemic started, he was like, okay, I'm ready to go back and perform. I'm, I'm ready to make new material. And then lockdown happened. And he decided to pitch Netflix this concept of, I want to do a stand-up special, but I want to do it in quarantine. And so it's literally just him, no film crew, no sound editors, nothing. It is just him performing his music and doing his standard like routine in a single room in his house. Nice. And the stuff he's able to do like visually is absolutely amazing to watch because he gets a lot of leverage about just being in one room. Sometimes the room looks absolutely massive and he throws projections on behind it to make it look even bigger and do like different escapes on it. Uh, Sometimes he makes it look really small and you get like a very intimate look at him. The big thing on it that hits hard in particular is he hits a lot of notes in his comedy and his music because he does a he's he's a musical comedian Mm -hmm. he hits on a lot of like very important things uh such as like fake woke people (laughs) for example he has a song in the beginning um, (laughs) like the my favorite part he has a song and he's like american white guy we've had the floor for the last 500 years so maybe i should just shut the fuck up i'm bored i don't want to do that and he's like clearly giving like deep criticism of it and it's like oh my god it's so like spot on but as it progresses you kind of start to see him spiraling deep and deeper and deeper and deeper and it goes to a super dark place and as a creative that wasn't able to collaborate with people like at all for quarantine had to shoot stuff like solo it it felt like that it hits the nail right on the head of how that felt conversely (laughs) the green knight is probably the best cinematic oh my god it is it is just a feast for the eyes dev pastel gives hands down what i think is the best performance of this year he does so good and there's something so nice about seeing a european because the green knight is an arthurian legend there's something so nice about seeing a brown man portray a european like legend especially the knight grain and just the visuals and the cinematography and everything like that and the acting is just so immaculate and gorgeous it was one of those movies that like the very first moment I saw it, like the first shot, I was like, nope, I know this is it. Like this, it, no other movie. This is my favorite movie this year. Yeah. Like I, I could go on, but like, I don't know if we have enough time because it's just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> Jeremiah, did you see it? I haven't seen it now. It is. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's dense. It's a very dense movie, but it's so good. Yeah. Serena? My number one is In the Heights. Yes. That's my number one. Oh, wow. One, just that was seven. my number seven. <laughs> Jeremiah, your number eight. 
Let's talk about it. Let's I'm do curious it. why it's Tristan's number seven. So I have a love-hate relationship with movie musicals. Because a lot of the time, <laughs> a lot of the time with movie musicals, especially ones adapted from stage to screen, mm-hmm. they try to make it more cinematic. And they're just like, we need like that realistic take. That's why I don't like Les Mis. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a hard miss. Because like, <laughs> I like the performances. It's just like, that's not what Les Mis is. It's yeah. not what it is at yeah. all. Yeah. With this this is the first one that I watched that I was like, they get it. Like they understand this is a different medium because the whole point of a stage play, you're using the medium to your advantage to tell Mm -hmm. a story. Mm -hmm. And in this, they do that super well. The first shot that comes to mind is the number where they're dancing on the wall of the apartment building. They dance over the window and then it cuts into the family eating dinner and the kid sees it and he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God. It's just filled with stuff like that. And that's so good. Like that's that's something that I want more movie musicals to do. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh. <laughs> yeah. Serena, Jeremiah? You had just, it, uh, yeah. Did you have it on your list? Oh, me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, I just love that it just, it, tugged at a lot of different strings and like like I'm not Latin and I'm still able to like feel those emotions and go through that journey and feel like everything and I love and the music was amazing the music was amazing and like you said it was beautifully done when it came to things like that where like they made simple dancing into like like non-realistic and 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 it was nice because it was just like oh oh wow you know you kind of got caught up in it it was relatable being a latina but it was also like so fantastical to your point jeremiah like the sequence in the water like the whole dance sequence was like amazing you don't dance like that in the water i cannot swim all the time so good Right in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that. Swimmer number 10, please get off the set. Swimmer number 10. <laughs> what count are we on? I'm trying to wipe my glasses. Is this wipe drink? Um, Have hold we up, started? Hold up, I got this. Have we started? Um, it told like so many different stories, but it was yes. also kind of the same story. Just trying to, you know, again live up to the dreams that you inherit from your parents and like trying to make them proud and trying to find who you are and make it as in your own individual connecting to your roots but not like sometimes not even knowing about your roots like having to discover yourself having to you know kind of dig and and connect in in whatever way you can building your own family um taking care of each other like that sense of community that you get from people like-minded or who, you know, are living some of the same experiences as you. The music was amazing. Um, I thought the cast was good. Um, <laughs> I think Anthony Ramos is amazing. A man. <laughs> I think he's so talented musically. Not very visually for me, but mu- like his voice is just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of the cast was really great. I thought the writing, yeah, like I thought the writing was good. It was, again, 
just so relatable on, on like different aspects. It was really long, <laughs> would be my only complaint. But then there's so much that they have to pack in to so little time that it, mm-hmm. I get like why it was so long. But it was just to see the again like diversity to see like hip hop and mm. um, the what is it like quick step or whatever that style of dance is. Right? It is quick step. Oh, okay. Well. But to see so many different like styles of dance, so many different people, so many different cultures represented. Again, like I think a lot of my movies are stories that don't necessarily get told. And I think it's it's so nice to see that representation more and more. Mm-hmm. And this especially was really heartfelt for me. Mm-hmm. Everything you all said. <laughs> I, I've seen it. Uh, Maybe, so maybe 10 times. <laughs> and every single time, the, the, the musical numbers just goosebumps through my body. Yes. I can have a shitty day. And if, if I just play any one of the songs, I will, will come back and feel you, you so much better. You put it on. You just see Lin-Manuel calling uh-huh. out for shaved ice. You're sad. Yep. <laughs> and and this, this sort of like re-inspired me because, you know, 2020 was a, uh, a very shitty year but like it it inspired me creatively like what yeah, what am i doing as far as like my legacy in life with just what um maybe what usnavi sort of struggled with mm-hmm. with where where home was and what was he doing and what was he doing it for and so that that sort of re-sparked that in me as far as what i want to do is either as an actor or a writer or or podcasting too i i ditto on everything you all said mm-hmm. already if you all have 10 more minutes, mm-hmm. I have those random questions or mm-hmm. other questions. If that's I'll cool. That. I all right. That. Here we go. Best cast. Which movie do you mm. feel? It doesn't have to be mm. in your top 10. Like for me, it'd be In the Heights. I feel like Same. every single one of them. In the Heights is a very strong cast yeah. for sure. Yeah. For me. Oh, wow. My voice cracked all over the place. <laughs> for uh, me. For me. For me, I got to go with the Suicide Squad. That, that's another one. Yeah, yeah, they all just bounce off of each other so uh-huh. well. And they can play off of each other perfectly. Yeah. Trina, do you have a best cast? This is your first time hearing. We lived together. I told you what our excuses were. <laughs> oh, yeah. Breastfeeding and gave us a baby. <laughs> In the Heights, I agree. I think shang it's a really strong cast too. It's a yeah. very strong yeah. cast. Yeah. Best ending. I have the Green Knight. Uh, yeah. Green Knight for me, yeah. it was in my top ten until it's actually my number eleven. Now that I'm mm-hmm. looking at this, how um, dare you? I'm listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight for my list. The ending is in, is incredible. Uh, Jeremiah, I hope you see it. I I it. love that ending. It's, it's a, there's it's just something so powerful yeah. about that. Yeah, whenever you see it, we'll talk about it. But I, yeah. for me, that was the best ending of any movie I saw this year. Mm-hmm. Eternals for me. That's it just gave me a lot of questions. Yeah, I love that. For for me, it's definitely a tie between Green Knight and Eternals. Yeah, mm-hmm. Serena. Same. Okay, best fight scene. Is it even a question? It's the bus fight scene. It's the bus what fight we, scene. What are we even talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It has to be the bus. Are no, you no one me? liked in Luca when the 
kid. <laughs> no one liked him. Punched. No, one, uh, you didn't like in Luca oh. when he just pulls out a knife. Uh, <laughs> they start stabbing each other. Um, yeah, I mean, I I have Shangxi bus scene. Shangxi, yeah. The bus scene <laughs> is just it's perfect choreography. They shot in Australia, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, they shot it on a blue screen in Australia. That's right. I saw someone post a meme, like, and they asked someone who drove a bus, like, what would you do in these instances? And so it would show, like, maybe when Shang-Chi first, like, gets grabbed, mm-hmm. he's like, I would stop the bus. Like, it just, it, it would never hit that point. The bus yeah. driver would have stopped the bus, called yeah. the police. <laughs> get off the goddamn bus like it yeah just, it would never have gotten <laughs> take this outside get this out of here okay scene that made you cry mines mm. would be um in the heights uh the grandma the uh, her uh musical scene mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fucking in tears every time. i was like what the, and it was just weird because like it started off and then i just started like you get watery and you're like i feel like i know what's happening but i don't like what's happening right now why is this happening and it just keeps going and i was like oh this is so beautiful and then you just and then you just i was in tears and i was like oh let me pause this real quick yeah. yeah there there's just something about that scene just seeing like that visual of like seeing her uh, life flash before her yeah. eyes that yeah. just hit so hard. Yeah. To your point, Tristan, when you said like when musicals get translated to the screen, mm-hmm. that was an example for me because we saw it. I think Phoenix Theater Company did mm-hmm. In the Heights. Mm-hmm. And I remember that song and I felt like, I don't like this. Why is this? What's happening? Yeah. But seeing what they did visually in the movie, I loved it. It, so it's that's, it's that's an example you can't do on stage yeah, yeah it, it's an yeah. example of it heightening mm-hmm. the sure. art form instead of bringing it down yeah mm-hmm. yeah you ever seen the movie? Same. oh same okay yeah. every say uh for me it'd be a seaspiracy they go to this place in denmark and i couldn't even i had to skip like i was hitting the plus 10 seconds on the, the computer because yeah where it's a ritual where they just slaughter dolphins yeah and they don't oh, even God. want the dolphin meat. Yeah. They just slaughter, and the sounds these dolphins made yeah. mm-hmm. was horrific. And the the guy, the documentarian, he's like, "Yeah, let me go see what this is." And they're like, "It's gonna be cool. We do it because it's fun." And this kid's like, "Yeah, get them." And they just they go That's through them. The <laughs> water was just red. It, I could not watch yeah. that. <laughs> I yeah, I was skipping, and I'm like, "How many times do I have to like hit this to?" It's a long scene, and it was it was horrifying. Um, Something tells me I know your answer to this next question. <laughs> favorite actor? Oh no, not favorite actor. Oh, uh, I skipped ahead. My bad. <laughs> oh, favorite actor? The Dolphin. Dev Pastel. No. Dev Pastel. Yeah. So he was great. Yeah, he was really. So I tried to see if anybody popped up, like in multiple movies that I saw. And I had to go with Brian Tyree Henry. Oh my God, yeah. Yes. Because he was in Vivo. He was mm-hmm. a bird. He's in Eternals. He was great. He was in Godzilla versus Kong. What? He was. He was. Yeah. He was. He was. A, like, what was he? Like, he was a scientist, I think, uh, a, a computer guy. Oh, um, God. Godzilla versus Kong came out this year. Yeah. He did. It did. Oh, God. <laughs> and he's wonderful in all three of those. Uh, the other person I had was Stephanie Beatrice. She mm-hmm. was in In the Heights, and she does Mirabelle's voice, right? In Encanto. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the other one. Jeremiah, do you have favorite actor? 
for this one, I would probably say it was um, Lady Gaga for me, from my list. Mm-hmm. I think she she surprised me. Yeah, she really surprised me. Uh, what movie were you disappointed by? No, Michael, I feel like I know your answer to this one. <laughs> Based on my number four, <laughs> I was really let down by Black Widow. Okay. Oh, I was immensely disappointed by Black Widow. How much do you think it would be if that... I like Florence Pugh. <laughs> that was really great. I like her character. Uh, if she that movie cool. had come out at a different time. I feel like... Does that affect it at all? I feel like if the movie came out just before Endgame, mm-hmm. at the very least, if it, if it was like Infinity War, you get Black Widow as a breather... Mm-hmm. And then you go straight into Endgame instead of it being Infinity War Endgame. Yeah. I would have liked it a bit more because there's still that ambiguity of what happens to her. And this, there's no stakes yeah. in any of the fights because mm-hmm. you already know, oh, well, she has to make it. Like, right. she dies in Endgame. That's it. Yeah. And that just sucks it right out. It's just like, yeah. yeah. The Red Guardian was great. Yeah. That's the best thing I can say about it. <laughs> Jeremiah, what movie were you disappointed by? Oh my God. Cinderella. I... The Amazon one. Yes. With uh, James Corden. I'm so... James Corden. Yeah. So, and, um, <laughs> fuck, what's her name? Um, Mila Cabello. Yes. Yep. Uh... Okay. The yeah, cast. The black. Here... <laughs> Why did you keep right okay exactly I, I don't know here's the thing the cast they had a lot of really good casts they um the i love cinderella like that's my favorite disney princess is cinderella like if you ever talk to my mom she'll tell you how much i love cinderella because i used to watch it as a kid a lot and so i was like okay i'm gonna watch this i'm gonna see what this is about and here's my thing it was weird because it was like they took someone who doesn't act just someone regular and put them in a like a musical like a, a broadway play and then was just like here you're in here and so she didn't fit in there and it was why are you right. here why are you dropping you off here yeah so it just it was it was very disappointing and i think they were trying to do it because they were trying to make it more modern uh-huh. in the sense of you have this um latina woman and you also have the fairy god father like he's it, it's not a mother it's billy porter yeah. mm-hmm. um like he did amazing i thought he was like he was fine it was just she was in there and it was like she why out of all of everybody why would they put her out of the people you could have picked uh, this yes. is the one Every it human was on Earth. so it was so it was weird you literally have a theatric actors and actresses with Camila Cabello and like it was like if you like here if you ever just want to just turn it on and just no, watch here's just watch turn it on no watch how they <laughs> how they like they'll talk and then you'll hear her talk and you're just like what there's like no chemistry it's like she doesn't fit in the movie oh, it was like no. what, it's so Lord. weird that would it was so bad me up the wall <laughs> Oh, it was so bad. So yeah, that movie really disappointed me because I really love Cinderella. Yeah. Really love Cinderella. What movie were you disappointed by? 
the movie I just told you. She, she's like, I don't need to see it. I don't want to see it. I stopped watching Cinderella remakes a long time ago because like, I cannot handle this shit anymore. My heart um, cannot take another. <laughs> I was really disappointed by Operation Varsity Blues, not because it was like poor quality by any means, but because it was just a reminder of the fucked up system that privilege. Has anyone seen it? Did anyone I've never it? even heard of it. Okay, so it's about the college admissions scan- admissions scandal. Yeah. Oh, really? So you probably saw yeah. Lori Loughlin a lot in the oh, God. Becky yeah. in the media. But like, almost nobody was held accountable. And they had so much, so much evidence, evidence so much. and mm-hmm. so many, um, you know, just opportunities to really do better. Yeah. Because you're <laughs> fucking with people's lives. Like, this is exactly. education. And it was just, there were so many it was just again a reminder of like the fucked up education system the fucked up you know yeah patriarchy and it, you it's know, just money and just everything i was like god this is shitty it was an exhausting okay. watch it really was yeah how did they Worth get caught? It, but how, how did they get caught anyways didn't somebody, someone on the campus like say something about it? Somebody, yeah, it was started yeah. with one person and to get reduced, a, you know, reduced sentence or yeah. know, punishment. Uh, they, okay. they sang like a canary and started, it started rolling from there. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was interesting because it's like, because my thing about it is like, you know, they, like all I saw was like, you know, the um actresses and the designer, I can't think of his mm-hmm. name. Like they were like blasted on TV, like, how dare they do all this stuff like that? And I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, they should be somewhat hell responsible because it, I mean, what they did is just, I get that, you know, but on the other hand, I'm like, you know, parents do stupid shit for the kids. That's a normal thing. But what bothered me more was the fact that it was able to be done. Mm-hmm. The Money. fact that they had Money. the ability to do it in yeah. the first Money. place. Exactly. Yeah. Because it was, it, 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 it's the, it's the education system that accepted it because you can bribe anybody it's whoever takes it yeah Yeah. you see what i'm saying and it's like the cop if you bribe a cop and the cop decides to take it the cop is the one that is the the he's a quirky cop he's the one at is at fault for it and and i don't i don't know what all happened but i i just know that it was blasted on the news about the mom getting some jail time and stuff like that I think and I'm she like, was just the most recognizable is what it is. Like she was yeah. on a hit show, right? And he's like yeah. a famous fashion designer, but there mm-hmm. were so many other people in prominent, you know, Did the like executive firms and no. no. I don't think the schools got in trouble. No. no. Well, that's my that's my and they problem. denied to, like the, any accountability whatsoever. Like the coaches were, got in well, one coach got in really big trouble, yeah. but the other one's yeah. not like on 10 list. minutes in prison um, but no the schools themselves did not and i'm like these i'm like, like high powered the- individuals they're like they're not just I, again i think she was just the um, like was just the most she recognizable was, yeah. but these are like really powerful people that have a shit ton of money that exactly. you know mm-hmm. you don't even like think about who they are because their names aren't recognizable but the fact that like so many people were able to get away with this bullshit with is just bad it's so angry. Hashtag burn the system to the ground. Yes, yeah. yes please. Uh, <laughs> I was disappointed by, and no, not the movie Tristan, you're thinking just yet. That will come in a second. Mm, but it's Cinderella. It's Cinderella. No, um, <laughs> Fatherhood. 
on Netflix. Oh, yeah. It's Kevin Hart where um, the baby mama dies and he has to be a single dad. There were some really good ideas for mm-hmm. a parent goes through, but even more so a single parent, I guess. And it didn't go all the way. It like it's like they tipped, they put their foot, their toe in the pool, and they're like, "Yeah, that's good enough." And they, what? We're not going to do this a little this bit. Is longer. enough to like, get to get the grand scope. Yeah. So then it just it went through uh, the motions of like silly, kind of dumb dad doesn't know what to do with a diaper stuff that you usually see and then the deeper stuff of how to mold a human being i just wish it was more it just scraped the surface. yeah scrape the surface of what it could have been i felt what movie were you pleasantly surprised by um i would say suicide squad just because of the first one i was like mm. that's one of mine yeah yeah i didn't think it would be mm-hmm. good and i was i was really pleasantly surprised I was convinced Jungle Cruise was going to be trash. Yes. <laughs> I was like, this movie's going to suck. Why am I going to go see this? And then walking out, I was like, huh. <laughs> I, need to, like I, need to, I need to revisit it. Yeah, I, I definitely um, want to watch it again. Wait, have you seen like, it? Yeah. Oh. It didn't stay with me. So I need to revisit it and see. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just the day I saw it. Um, Dude, he gets stabbed through the chest. <laughs> he does. It's dark. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's what made um, me confused that it was Disney. I was like, oh. It was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? Mine would be Cruella. Yeah. I thought it was going to be garbage. Uh, right? It was cool. Yeah. It was fun. Emma Stone, I enjoy in a lot of stuff. <laughs> it, it felt great. So I was really mm-hmm. surprised. I was really happy that it, it turned out pretty okay, pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Serena? Um, I would say Encounter because it I, I don't know. I just, I guess it wasn't what I was expecting and mm-hmm. I didn't think I would like it as much or it would have like as deep of an impact as it did. Yeah. In your top 10, do you notice any overarching themes? Is there anything in common with your 10 or maybe like with most of the movies on your 10 mm-hmm. that, you, that you see why you're drawn to those movies? I would say for me, it's again like stories that aren't necessarily told. Like you hear big names like Billy Holiday or Sam Cooke or Fred, um, Hampton. Fred Hampton. Like you hear the names in passing, but you don't really like learn about them. And I think even like it, people like fictional characters like in the Heights, those stories aren't mainstream. Mm-hmm. Or with Coda, right? Where like you don't even consider ASL mm-hmm. when you think about like multiple languages. I, I think. That's a big thing in my movies, at least. Okay. For Here's me, that. I would say diverse casts. Because yeah. mm. a lot a lot of my picks, on reflection, thinking on it now, I think two of the movies that I picked have a white lead character, and that's Dune and Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the rest of them are like intermixed with a bunch of different color and like cultures and everything like that. And that's definitely something that one, I partially made a point to see more shows that were just like, okay, I don't want to see anything. That's like, I don't want to see anything that's like majority, like white light. Like I want to see mm-hmm. more people. Cause I think more, cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of like multi uh, there's a lot of different uh, actors and actresses from like different backgrounds and they need more recognition because the fucking Hollywood star system is stupid. Uh Uh, (laughs) So 
taking the opportunity to like actually go out and seek those movies and like those diverse casts was kind of a point of mine. And I'm very happy that I took that risk. Cool. Jeremiah? Um, mine's is all over the place. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, I think just from scanning real quick, cause I should have thought about the answer to this, but I think it's the relationships people mm-hmm. have, whether it's the friendship in Luca, the friendship with, with Katie and Shang-Chi, um, again, the fellowship sort of like with Raya, Eternals, um, yeah. Malcolm and Marie having a toxic relationship in the Heights. Like I, I think I'm really drawn to the dynamics of, of a relationship, whether it be romantic friendships, mm-hmm. big groups, two people. Mm-hmm. Real quick, because I forgot we have to go get groceries. Movie you just didn't get. So it's a movie everybody loved, but you didn't. Mine is Dune. Okay. That's that's what I expected. That's what I expected. I was excited for Dune. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was too. The cast, again, Batista, Oscar, Zendaya, uh, Timothy Charmander. um, (laughs) uh, God damn it. You know, um, I think if it was a series, I think I would have liked it better. They are rolling out. They did just confirm that they're doing the second movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't. In it more. And I don't know if they're gonna do of like because there's like five or six books for Dune. There's a bunch. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, See, so I don't know if they're gonna do two movies per book. Oh, but it's one of those things that's like very clearly with the the biggest problem with the with uh, Dune Part One, I guess, mm-hmm. is that it's very definitively a Part One. Like yes, you're not yeah. going to get the whole story. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah. And I think I'm with you with that. I think I, cause like the, like the director, I agree with you that style because I, I fucking loved Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminded me of Blade Runner. And I think I liked it a little bit because of that, but I wasn't so completely, I don't know what it is, but it like runs really slow. There's mm-hmm. like moments where it goes slow, mm-hmm. but it's still, captures me yeah but with like doom i just i felt like it wasn't that it went slow i felt like it went faster and it was just like wait a minute i want to know more about this or yeah how do we get to there and that's why i think i feel like i i would want it more like a series mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if that's i haven't read the book so maybe you know that way i i mean i would have kind of been there and so i feel like it kind of went faster than what i guess i expected it to go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for me, because I didn't have any prior knowledge of Dune, I didn't know that they were books or anything. Mm-hmm. When I watched it, I was like, cool, another White Saber movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't realize that it was a critique, right? Yeah. Of the White Saber, like the trope of the White Saber. So yeah. having no knowledge, just taking it at surface level and just wanting to see it because of the cast and because it was getting so much hype. I think that, I, I think the prior like knowledge is a prerequisite to really understanding that and and i didn't have that unfortunately yeah yeah um so that would just be kind of maybe the why i was yeah. disappointed mm-hmm. i think it'd be interesting maybe rewatching it now knowing it's commentary you, on the white well, yeah because i was I like I'm uncomfortable with this yeah you said that yeah. i was like oh wow I, I did like a whole deep dive on Herbert after I watched the movie because the books came out in like the 60s. Yeah. And he like, and he like fully emerged, like there's in the books, there's actual Arabic language mm. in there and things like that. And that's the one thing that they took, that they changed a bit from the movie that I was kind of bothered by 
they changed it from they change like they keep some of the dialect and everything like that and the semantic mm-hmm. and like verbal components it's just the actual words are changed to like english like mm-hmm. sanitary words mm-hmm. and i'm just like come on man <laughs> yeah okay and then a movie people didn't get but you loved green knight <laughs> I'm sorry. So yeah. many people. I've talked to so many people who are just like, ah, oh, the Green Knight's not good. And I'm like, did we watch the same movie? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely uh, I, there, there are people who can't or won't think about movies. Mm-hmm. So Green Knight, you really have to uh, it, be there for it. It's not. It's a, it's a movie you have to really actively watch because mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of it's unspoken. So you're mm-hmm. just going based off of like what is this character feeling just based on like facial like mm-hmm. expressions or like the tone of the music or like the cinematography. And you gotta you gotta be in it. Like you yeah. have to be in that moment. Otherwise, you're just gonna miss a bunch of it. Yeah. And they do so good at portraying like isolation and everything like that. Jeremiah? Um, ooh, I don't know. Okay, Serena. <laughs> We'll come back to you. Okay. Well, mine would be uh, in the Heights. I feel really. Came, well, I feel like oh. when it came out, everyone—not everyone—a lot of people shit on it for the the whole like there wasn't a lot of dark skin Latinx. They people. did. Oh, yeah. Not about that. And they so the did. conversation didn't surround whether it was a good movie. It just became that. Yeah. And that distracted a lot of it. So whenever I told people about In the Heights, they go, "Oh, that movie with the racist movie." I go, what? How how did we get to this? Did you yeah. see it? Like I you said it's the fake woke people. Yeah, was, yeah, <laughs> fake woke people. So they struck again. Uh I would I would say that. And even now I'm surprised all four of us have it on our list. Yeah. Because I mean, I can only name a few people who've who've seen it, mm-hmm. um, even heard of it. There's some some of our fraternity brothers who I've like, hey, I think you would enjoy it in the heights. They're like, what's that? What? I, I don't know. I, I don't know there, what happened with marketing wise. Uh, <laughs> I I will definitely say my biggest critique of In the Heights. I wish Lin-Manuel Miranda would use more people than just the original cast of Hamilton. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, like yeah. I like I like the music from Hamilton. I like the cast from Hamilton. Give mm-hmm. me more actors, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. I can I can see that. Jeremiah, Serena, did you think of a movie? that you loved but people didn't seem to mine would be mine would be like you said in the heights i forgot about that because we did talk about that that really bothered me because i was like really really come on guys we want to talk about race the dark skin (laughs) i would agree and while like it is valid like i think two things can be true at once right like we we, there is a problem with colorism but also Mm -hmm. it was so nice to see the representation that lemon was delivered yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's about it it's been seven hours on this podcast (laughs) thank you for it it's been four days and 75 (laughs) hours for the grocery list too yeah i'll get your groceries just then if you want to text me your groceries i'll uh no can you just can you just send me a can you just send me an energy drink yeah i appreciate it just send it in the mail Uh, express mail okay sounds good I appreciate you all doing this. Uh, yeah, of course. Thank you, Serena. Thank you, Jeremiah. Interested. Have a great rest of your weekend. Later, friends. 
exactly. No do they, to figure out who dies, do nose goes. <laughs> or <laughs> nose goes. Yeah, you do the and then they die. <laughs> Tristan's so trying to get down. Do nose pretty- goes.